welcome to Get Paid for Your Pad, the definitive show on Airbnb hosting, featuring the best advice on how to maximize profits from your Airbnb listing, as well as real-life experiences from Airbnb hosts all over the world. Welcome. We are your hosts, Joseva Kapadia and Jasper Rivers. Get paid for your pad. 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 Welcome, everybody. Get paid for your pad, episode 246. Today, I am talking to... Martin Sjögren, I hope I pronounced it right, he's from Sweden, and he owns a property in Ivory Coast in Africa, and we're going to hear all about his experiences in acquiring the property, but as well as renting out in, I think, is that the capital of Ivory Coast where you're renting out? Yes, technically commercial capital. The the first president made this home village the official capital. But for all intents and purposes, the, the city of Abidjan, which has five million people, is is the capital. Wow, five million people, Abidjan. Yeah, it's the thing with uh, yeah West Africa. Few people have have. I say West Africa, and people just assume I said South Africa, and just keep going about South Africa. That happened for some reason many times. <laughs> All right, so um, Martin, could you introduce yourself and just give us some background information about how you got involved with Airbnb and especially how did you end up in Ivory Coast? Sure, yeah. No, I'm I'm from well, Sweden or like Swedish-Italian, but I grew up in Sweden and was involved in, in, in politics for one of the political parties in, in Sweden, the youth section. And... I was always interested in like international affairs. So I got responsible for international projects, and that caused me to go a lot to to West Africa. I was sort of politics in 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 out in countries where there's like a battle between democracy and dictatorship, but more interesting. That caused me to go a lot to to these kind of places uh, all around the world, but especially West Africa. And I, I met my 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 wife in Senegal, and she was from the Ivory Coast. That caused me to go to to the Ivory Coast a lot. And then I moved more and more from politics to, to business. And I thought that, yeah, this if you look at the demographics, the, it's a very young country. The people, well, the women have lots of children. So the population is growing dramatically. The economy is growing a lot. So even if the political situation is a bit tricky with, with the potential civil war, uh, but I thought that in the long term, if you buy a property there, it's going to be worth a lot more in, in, in the future. The country's going to be a lot more people. So so I did that back in 2007. And it did did turn out quite all right. And I bought another property in, in 2016. Sweet. So now you have two properties? Yeah. And you're, both, you're renting both out on Airbnb? Uh, yeah. Well, one property I rented out on Airbnb for, for a year. And then I got one one French guy who contacted me through Airbnb. And he said he wanted to, to rent it for, for a year. And I basically took my, my average Airbnb income per month and I told him that and I thought he would negotiate it down, but he just accepted it straight away. So 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 that's fine. So I get Airbnb income without all the Airbnb work. He, he's he's a great guy. He stays he's with his, his whole family, his two children, his wife from the Ivory Coast. And you've mentioned to me that you bought a house for around thirty seven thousand uh, dollars euros. So that's you know that what is that like forty, forty two, forty three thousand dollars, and you're yeah. it's generating over a thousand a month. So that's 
that's 12,000 on an investment of 37, which is uh, which is pretty crazy return on investment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, though the, the 37,000 was in 2007, and so so it's a long time right. ago. Got it. But still, it's I mean it's it seems like you're getting a really good return. But the returns are still when things work in Africa, returns are very high. Even if you you can count on like maybe 14, 15% return on, on property investments. Even if you don't do Airbnb, you just do long-term rentals. So that, that's that's a totally normal return. Yeah. So then with Airbnb, you're probably looking at 20, 25, maybe up to 30? Yeah. yeah, yeah, oh yeah. Sweet, so in 2017, 16, you bought a larger house in Abidjan. Yes. Uh, a five bedroom plus two staff bedrooms for 80,000 euros plus 45,000 in finishing costs. And with no leverage, as getting a mortgage is is uh, pretty much uh, impossible, I guess. And even if you get it, the interest rate is super high. Um, so how's how's that investment working out for you? Well, no, that that's that's very good. It's because the country is booming right now. They have a growth of well, the last seven years about between eight and ten percent, and and there's lots of lots of people coming in there for various reasons, not so much tourists, but for for business. So. At the moment, I have I get calls and 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 requests almost every other day to to stay there, and I have to tell them it's full. Wow, that's pretty that's pretty amazing. Yeah. So the returns sound really great, but I'm sure there has been challenges in acquiring the properties. Could you tell us a little bit about sort of the whole process of of buying the property and challenges that you ran into? Um, because I'm, I'm sure there's, you know, there's a reason why the returns are so high, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, first of all, it, it's very, very easy to get scammed because, well, the rule of law is much weaker. So you don't really know that the person you're buying from is actually the, the owner. That has happened to, well, I have lots of friends there who has got scammed. It, it's happened a lot. Even I have gotten scammed for for land deal uh, once where you... you you think you buy from the person who is the owner and you go to his lawyer, you sit down together with his lawyer, and I even checked together with the land registry, the official people, but it turned out the persons who were responsible for selling this land had bribed the people at the government ministry handling the land registry. So they were giving false information. That happened once in 2011. So this actually happened but, to you? Yeah, yeah, yeah I lost 25,000 euro. Oh wow! And, uh, well, I'm still in processing and try to get some, something back out of it. I, I have no idea how that's going to to end up. So, so I have this, yeah, a bit of paranoid way of looking at things when 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 buying property. Right, you're just you mean like you're being very careful. Yeah. So tell us a little bit more about the process of you know the properties that you acquired. Kind of what kind of research that you do, and how do you what do you do to make sure that you're not running into a scam again? Yeah, no, those that I have bought, I bought, like, if you, you can go on the internet or you can even drive around and talk to people and then you get a, a lots and lots of middlemen who try to sell you land. You don't really know if they are the owners, they actually represent the actual owners. I went to, what I've done is to go to, the big established building companies, not even real estate agents or anything like that. I'd go to like five or six quite well-established building companies and you go directly to their their offices in the center of the city and the skyscraper and you talk to them directly. But 
makes you feel a little bit more 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 safe. Maybe you get the best deals if you if you start going to these, you know, less established companies. But at least for the first time I bought, it was a big established building company. And they buy a big chunk of land and they build houses. They build maybe like a thousand houses on it. So they are relatively safe. Yeah, that's also the thing though that that you get the best deals though if you know the terrain. You go there, you talk to people, but you can also get scammed. There are less of the people who try to, to to sell land that isn't really theirs. That's that, especially with land deals. Maybe already built houses is a little bit safer. But I, I've also done that. I, I I own some like empty land, and, and that's maybe the best deal I've done in my life. Yeah, yeah I own like maybe one thousand five hundred square square meters of, of land that I intend to build on it, and I bought it for for, for like ten thousand euro. Are there any restrictions uh, on foreign real estate ownership or land ownership in Ivory Coast? Um, no, like unlike Asia, but they always have, often have that a foreigner has to have a, a local owner that is fifty one percent of the Ivory Coast is is at least on paper the, the one of the countries in the world that most open to foreign ownership, which is is well, due to its colonial history, that when the country was independent, it was an old French colony. And in 1960, it was an independence, but it was very, very, very friendly independence, where the president of the Ivory Coast at that time was a member of the French parliament. And he was more like, okay, we kind of, if you really, if you really have to have an independence, okay, we'll have an independence now. But there were like 60,000 French people live in the country. So they make the rules adapted to the French people who lived in the country at that time. And they basically say that there are like no limits to, to foreign investments. And it's still like that to today, to foreign ownership. But, but that's not the issue. The issue is that it's a real weak rule of law and and quite high high rates of corruption. Less than it was in the past, but but still 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 very high. And and there's a mentality that it's not ethically People don't look bad at you if you if you scam a, a foreign foreigner who tries to invest. I, I I have know quite a few people. A typical case: a, a French or a Belgian guy in his fifties has quite a lot of savings. Maybe divorced his wife in in France or Belgium, goes to Ivory Coast, have a great life there, likes the women, wants to set up a business, invest together with a foreign partner, and then. And then the foreign partner basically steals all his business from him. I, I've seen that three or three or four people I know very well who, who had this happen to to them. And you've actually started some businesses in, in Ivory Coast as well, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Not very well. Let's say to, to make money in the in the Ivory Coast, first you have to lose money in the Ivory Coast. Well, first I am. I bought some uh, some like old Toyota Corollas, which is the typical car people use to, to as taxis in 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 all of all of West Africa because they, they last very long. How did that go? I had, at the maximum at the peak, I had three Toyota Corollas. I bought them in in rural Ireland, one for like four hundred euro, put them on my ship and paid the customs duty, and then had them run as a as a as a taxi, and then you pay the the driver, and he pays you. Well, he has to pay you a fixed amount per day, and then he gets the everything exceeding of that amount. And I did this for a while, and then realized that, yeah, it's on paper. It looks really, really good, but 
I was living in Europe at the time. So like, no, and I had like a local manager, but it still didn't really work out. You can't, because they're always a problem and you can't handle it if you're not on the ground. You got mechanical problem with the car and the driver can like lie about how much he made every day. And still, it was still an interesting experience. And, but, but at the end, I, I, well, we sold all the taxis at a, at a slight loss and I won't really try it try again. I, 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 I still think I'm not really, you kind of have to know about cars to, and be there in the country to make it work. I, I realize that property is much more what I'm good at because I kind of love traveling. I like communicating on the internet with customers. I know what people travel all the world, know what you're doing. And then it was kind of like finance and, and yeah, the conclusion, it was an interesting experience, but, but property is much, much more my, my, my thing. It's like going to school, right? You pay a little money to, to learn a few valuable lessons. Exactly. 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 And, and yeah, and chicken farming is also even great, but they're kind of new. I, I, I tried chicken farming because, wasn't my intention. My intention was just, I bought this piece of land for just 3,000 euro. I, I just outside the city, but it closed enough the city. So you know the city was grow out of it. But until the city grows out of this place, it's still a kind of rural setting. Like I thought, what should people do here? Oh, everybody does chicken farming in this area. And I thought, this is interesting. Let's, let's try it. It doesn't cost so much. So I did set up a chicken farm. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, it's still there. Actually, what you do is you buy chicks when they're like one day old and then you make them grow until like 30, 35 days old and then you, you sell them. That's, that's the business. You have multiple batches. I only did three of these batches. The first one actually made a little bit of money. And second batch <laughs> lost a bit of money. Third batch lost even more money because they got some sort of disease. It sounds like you, want, you might want to just stick to Airbnb hosting. Yeah, yeah, I mean, because I mean, I grew up in a yeah, well, in a city in Gothenburg in, in Sweden, so really no rural experience a, at all. Uh, but it, it's, I don't know, I, I like the story of telling my friends, yes, I actually did try chicken farming in Africa. It, yeah, didn't really go so well, but yeah, it's definitely a good story for at a party. So let's talk about the uh, the Airbnb part. I can imagine renting out in in Ivory Coast must be a different experience than in a major Western city or so. And first of all, you, you, um, you told me that, uh, it's, it's kind of hard to find places, right? Where streets have no names. Yeah. Yeah. I like both of my places are in neighborhoods where, where, uh, yeah, the streets have no names, no numbers. So when you tell people to go there, you have to, yeah, the closest, uh, roundabout, and then go left and go to the little shop on the right side. And so it's, it's really difficult to explain where it is. So how do they deliver the meal? Yeah, that's, that's a very good question. Um, they don't. Uh, you have a post box at the post office and you go to the post office and you pick up your mail. Ah, interesting. Right. Yeah. But that's, that's a, yeah, that's a problem because I try to put on Google Maps like where the place actually is. And, and you can only claim a business with Google if you give them the address. And Google sends a letter to your address. And you receive it, you get a code, and then you put in the code. And, and, and then Google knows that you own this business. But Google doesn't accept postboxes. And, 
and all mails are delivered to post boxes in Ivory Coast. So I can I never managed to claim my actual business. So it's still like I'm I'm just a guest that's saying this place is there. So you can find it if you search on Google Google for the name. But I I, I it's not like I own, I own it. Right. And so do do you send people pictures of of your house and then like a big red arrow or something, like a screenshot on Google Maps or something like that? Because I imagine it must be a little tricky if you don't know the address. I mean, sometimes it's even hard to find a place if you do have the address. Yeah, well, well, I, I tell them what to, what to put in on Google Maps to, to find it. But it's also that sometimes people come on the airport and, you know, if you've got a European phone subscription, it's data roaming is super expensive. So they might not have internet access when they first arrive. So it's it's quite tricky. I've been actually picking up guests on the airport like without any extra charge many times. How's, how's the traffic there? Yeah, it's it's a 5 million people city with no metro or no commuter rail. So it can be quite, quite bad. Uh, but usually flights arrive at very late in the night and then it's then it's no, no traffic. Do you charge for the airport pickup or do you provide it as a service? I provide it as, 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 a, as a service. Yeah, maybe I could charge for it. It's, it's also that I know that they will have such a big trouble to find a place. So it's just much easier to actually go to the airport and pick pick them up or send somebody to the airport to 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 pick them up. What what does your typical guest look like? Well, what type of travelers are they? To the whole house, there are many people who come from Europe who usually have some some connection to Africa, like typically a couple where one only couple is from Africa and they know the Ivory Coast and they have children. And for 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 just single rooms in my new house where I got many rooms, I rent out the rooms independently. We got both this Independent travelers were adventure-minded. Got quite quite a few of those. They're usually really, really interesting people. I have this guy who's a lawyer from California who, who just works remotely and just travels all, all over the world, these kind of people. And uh, NGO workers. And quite, quite recently, they have this solar energy startup who rented the whole month for one of the employees on, on Airbnb and... That employee liked it so much, so now they're sending all their uh, employees to stay with in, in in our place. It's also that that short-term renting it's really expensive in in um, in Abidjan, that and there isn't because there's very very little tourists since there was a civil war in 2011. So there's either you have these business travelers who pay maybe 140 150 euro per night, and below that level there isn't very much. So, so that's like a niche where, where, where I'm kind of positioning positioning myself. Are you, are you saying 150 euros per night for a room or for an entire house? Yeah, for, for a room in a, in a hotel. There are business hotels. There are quite a, quite a few of them. And they're that expensive, 100 to 150 euros. Wow. So what do you charge for your rooms? Uh, from 30 to 50, 60 euros per night. And and if they stay in the yeah, end, that's per night. And if they stay... If they, if they stay a whole month, I can do even 20 euro per night. Okay, so that's quite a lot cheaper than the, what a local hotel room costs. Yeah. So you're having no problems finding guests? Yeah, at least. The thing is, I do both Airbnb and there's this Facebook group for for um, for housing. And I get more from the Facebook group than I got from, from Airbnb. But that's more more long term, more like house sharing for, for a monthly, monthly rate. 
That's interesting. You're getting more customers from uh, from Facebook groups, but those are long term or medium term, like one, two, three months, maybe. Yeah, Facebook. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Right, got it. What are some uh, What are some tips that you would have for people who would invest in you know in Africa or in um, the third world or in developing countries in general? Yeah, it's well. First of all, it's it's if you don't know what you're doing, if you've never been there before, it's it's really difficult. Then I would suggest to go with somebody you trust or just you know invest in the stock market. It's really dangerous to just if you just bid a week on holidays or something and and invest in somebody you don't know you just met there. That's almost bound to 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 to, to get scammed. Which you know makes me think that maybe I should set up a business. Like like I remember you interviewed this this guy in Colombia who had a business that allowed people to invest with him. Some something like that, and things like that are much less less developed in Africa. So that, that's clear clear the niche. How do you like living in in Ivory Coast? I really like it. There is, I mean, first of all, it's a city with five million people, and the economy is growing really fast. So you can feel that lots lots of opportunities, lots of investments coming in, both from like Europe and from China. It's not a tourist destination, even though there's a lot of tourist potential. But there's, at the moment, it's when you go in the airport and you talk to everybody on the flight, like they're all businessmen in all kinds of gold mining is huge, like oil exploration is. Uh, what can I say? It's also not as dangerous as people think. Like I look at the, the murder rates and it's about the same level as the Philippines. It's like much, 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 much safer than, than, the, than South Africa or, or Brazil. And there are so people, there are very, very few people who are not from the Ivory Coast there because of the, the, the whole history. So, so people are, they're curious about you and where you're from. And you are treated a little bit like a star if you if you're not from 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 the Ivory Coast when you're there. But at the same time, that it's an old like French colony. So at the moment, you start to have all well French business going there. This one of the largest supermarket chains in the world, Carrefour, just opened a shop there, and it's packed with people. They opened a modern supermarket, and and the. Kentucky Fried Chicken just opened there. Burger King just opened there, first in, in West Africa. And people are queuing to, to go there. So see, nightclubs are packed with people. So the whole whole set, last seven, eight years, it's been this dramatic transformation. Like the infrastructure has gone big. The city is, well, it's all around the lagoon. And they have, you have no bridges around the lagoon. But now they've built, built quite a few. They're building a, a like light rail line at the moment. And the roads used to be really bad. But now we're getting, they're getting much better. Uh, there used to be electricity cutoffs, but now it's one of the best countries with electricity in West Africa. They're exporting electricity to the rest of West Africa. It's also the only country in West Africa which is a uh, net immigration. All other countries have... People go to the Ivory Coast to find jobs from, from all the surrounding countries, and Mali and Burkina Faso. And, and I mean, I, I've been responsible... Well, one of the houses built it when it, bought it when it wasn't fully built. So we have to like hire carpenters, hire masons to build it. And these guys, they're good, right? But they they had lots and lots of other job opportunities. So you, you can see that the, the, the economy is going pretty well. Even those people with like carpenting skills are getting paid well. Well, African standards quite, 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 quite well. 
So I, I like to see a city that you can see it from, from year to year. It's a changing dramatically to, to, to the better. Even for a very, very, very poor level, you still have like shanty towns and like GDP per capita is somewhere around 1,400, 1,500 uh, US dollar per, per year. What about the regulations? Is it is, is there any limitations on short-term rental and Airbnbs there? Um, no, because the politicians haven't even they don't even know what Airbnb is yet. I I think you you talked about the the Netherlands and the, when you started it was a bit of the same situation. I think maybe sometime in the future some journalist would write an article about how much money people make on Airbnb and then the politicians might start regulating it. But that's still. Maybe four, five, six years in the, in in the future. Okay, so you're uh, you're in good shape with your Airbnb business. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I was at the local tax office, right? And 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 they had computers, but they were not connected to the internet. Yeah. Do you have to pay tax on your Airbnb income? No, but I do pay property tax. They have, like, on paper, they're. There's a property tax. If you own and you live in your home, you still have to pay. I think it's, it used to be 4%. I think it's gone to 3% of the theoretical rent you would have to pay. And if you actually rent it out, it used to be 15% and it goes down to 12% of the rent you gain. That, that's on paper. But in practice, very, very few people who live in their own home pay this. It's a very, very different between what the, what the law says and what happens in, in practice. In the more wealthier parts of town, it's more enforced. And, and when the government enforces something, then it can be seriously enforced. You get like armed policemen that comes to your place and, and wants to enforce the rules. Especially if you if you are a Westerner, then they think you're rich. It's, this is more easy to enforce. Uh, has that happened to you to you yet? Um, no. But I, 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 I kind of stupidly registered the property and told the authorities that I was paying tax back, back like this, like eight to nine years ago. So they kept track on that, and I'm, so yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm paying like somebody who's renting it out uh, long term. It's a funny thing that the, the the tax office there then also asked me, oh, by the way. Do you know who else is living in your neighborhood? Do you maybe have a map of, of all the properties in your neighborhood? So I sent them to them because I have that. <laughs> and the, 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 the tax guy, though, he, yeah, he didn't have internet as it were, but he had like a Yahoo email address. So he went on Internet Cafe to, to receive that. <laughs> That's fascinating. Awesome, man. Well, uh, thank you so much for coming on the show and then sharing your experience in Ivory Coast. I've never been to West Africa, but I uh, I'm looking forward to go there in the future. Yeah, you are. You know, you're very welcome. I would love to show you around if 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 you ever decide to come. Yeah, that sounds great. Um, are there any elephants? Yeah, not that very many. Um, I'm sure there's a lot of other type of wildlife though. Yeah, yeah, no, there there is, there is. I'll be happy if I see a monkey. Yeah, that can be arranged or. Crocodiles is, is one thing, but it's easy to see. Yeah. All right, Martin. Well, thanks for coming on, and good luck with your Airbnb business in Ivory Coast. And to the listeners, thanks for listening. And there will be another episode soon. So we'll see you then. Get paid for your pet. Get paid for your pet. Get paid 
Yeah.